0: section twenty two of heimskringla by snorri the translated by george pope morris and story Magnuson. This story of the in the public domain. the story of Olaf Tryggvason, Part Six, Chapter Fifty One through Sixty. Chapter Fifty One: the Journey of Thorir Klaka. To seek Olaf Tryggvason. Now Earl Hakon heard some rumour to this end that there would be a man west over sea who called himself Oli, and that they held him for king there. And the earl had a deeming from the talk of certain folk that this man would be come of the blood of the Norse kings. Now he was told that Oli called himself of the kin of Garth Realm and the earl had heard how tryggvi olafson had had a son who had fared east into garth realm and been nourished there at king valdemar's and that he was called olaf the earl had sought far and wide for this man and now he misdoubted he would be this man come there into the west lands now there was a man called Thorir klaka a great friend of earl hakon who was long whiles at viking work but whiles would go cheaping voyages and was of good knowledge of lands him earl Hakon sent west over sea bidding him go a cheaping voyage to dublin as many folk were wont and look into it closely what this man Oli was and if he found that he verily was olaf tryggvason or any other offspring of the kingly stem of the north then was thorir to entangle him with guile if he might bring it to pass chapter fifty two olaf tryggvason cometh into norway so thereon gat thorir west unto ireland to dublin and learned that Oli was there who was as then with king olaf kuran his brother-in-law speedily then gat Thorir speech with ole and a man wise of speech was thorir now when they had talked oft and right long together oli fell to asking concerning norway and first of the upland kings and who of them were yet alive and what dominion they had of earl hakon also he asked and how well beloved he might be in the land thorir answered the earl is so mighty a man that none durst to speak but as he will yet this somewhat bringeth it about that there is none to seek to otherwhere and yet to say thee sooth i know the mind of many mighty men yea of all the people that they would be most fain and eager to have a king for the land come of the blood of harold Hairfair. but none such have we to turn to and chiefly for this cause that it is now well proven how little it availeth to contend with earl hakon now when they had oft talked in this wise olaf bringeth to light before thorir his name and kin and asked his reed what he thought of it if olaf should fare to norway whether the bonders would take him for king but thorir egged him on full fast to the journey and praised him much and his prowess so olaf fell a longing sorely to fare to the land of his fathers and he saileth from the west with five ships first to the south isles and thorir was in company with him thence he sailed to the orkneys and there lay as then earl sigurd havlovdversen by Ragnabalsi, in Asmundswick, with one long ship being minded to fare over to caithness even therewith king olaf sailed his folk from the west to the islands and brought to there whereas he might not win as them through the pentland firth and when he knew that the earl lay there already he let summon him to talk with him but when the earl came to speech with the king few words were spoken before the king saith this that the earl must let himself be christened and all the folk of his land or die there and then and the king said that he would fare through the isles with fire and sword and lay waste the whole land but if the folk would be christened so the earl being thus bestead chose to take christening and he was christened and all the folk that were with him then swore the earl oath to the king and became his man and gave him his son for hostage who was called whelp or hound and olaf had him home to norway with him then sailed olaf east into the sea and came from off the main to most Isle, and there first he went to land in norway and let sing mass in his land tent and in the after-time was a church built in that same place nor thorir Klaka told the king that there was naught for him to do but to keep it hidden who he was and let no espial go forth of him but to fare with all diligence to meet the earl in such wise that he shall come on him unawares even so did king olaf and fared north day and night as weather served nor let the folk of the land wot of his ways whither he was bound but when he came north to he heard that earl hakon was in the firth and withal that he was at strife with the bonders and when thorir heard tell of these things then were matters gone a far other way than he had been deeming for after the battle with the Yamsberg vikings were all men of norway utterly friendly to earl hakon for the victory he had gotten and the deliverance of all the land from war but now so ill had things turned out that here was the earl at strife with the bonders and a great lord come into the land chapter fifty three the flight of earl hakon now earl hakon was a guesting at middle house in Galdale, but his ships lay out off vig there was a man named worm lurgia a wealthy bonder who dwelt at vaness and had to wife one named gudrun daughter of burg thor of lund she was called the son of lund and was the fairest of women now the earl sent his thralls to worm on this errand to wit to have away to him gudrun worm's wife so the thralls showed him their errand but worm bade them first go to supper and then or ever they had done their meet came many men to worm from the township whom he had sent for nor would worm in any wise suffer gudrun to go with the thralls gudrun moreover spake and bade the thralls tell the earl that she would not come to him but if he sent thor of rimmel after her a wealthy dame and one of the earls best-beloved so the thralls say that in such wise shall they come another time that both master and mistress shall repent them of their scurvy treatment and therewithal gap them gone with many threats then worm let the war-arrow fare four ways through the country-side with this bidding withal that all men should fall with weapons on earl hakon to slay him he sent moreover to halder of skirting stithy and straightway halder let wend the war-arrow a little before the earl had taken the wife of a man named bernyalf and had gotten great hatred for the deed and war had been at point to arise thence so at this message of the war arrow sprang up much people and made for middlehouse but the earl had espial of them and went his ways from the stead with his folk into a deep dale which is now called the earl's dale and there they lay hid the next day the earl espied all the host of the bonders the bonders took all the ways but were most of mind that the earl would have gotten to his ships whereof was erland his son captain the most hopeful of men but at nightfall the earl scattered his men bidding them fare by the woodland ways out to orkdale no man will do you herd if i be nowhere anigh but send word to erland to fare out down the firth and let us meet in mere and meanwhile i will hide me well from the bonders then departed the earl and a thrall of his named cark was with him now the water of gaul was under ice and the earl thrust his horse into it and let his cloak lie behind there and then went they into the cave which has been called the earl's cave thereafter and there they fell asleep but when kark awoke he told a dream of his how a man black and evil to look on passed by the cave's mouth so that he was afeard of his coming in and this man told him that uli was dead then said the earl that it was erland would be slain yet again slept kark the thrall and was troubled in his sleep and when he woke he told his dream how he had seen the same man coming down back again who bade him tell the earl that now were all the sounds locked so told Cark his dream to the earl who misdoubted now that this betokened him a short life then he arose and they went to the stead of Rimmel, and the earl sent Cark to Thora, bidding her come privily to him so did she and welcomed the earl kindly and he prayed her to hide him for certain nights till the gathering of the bonders went to pieces said she they will be seeking thee here about my stead both within and without for many wot that i would fain help thee all i may but one place there is about my stead where i deem that i would not think of seeking for such a man as thou a certain swine sty to wit so they went thither and the earl said make we ready here for we must take heed to our lives first of all then dug the thrall a deep hole therein and bore away the mould and then laid wood over it thora told the earl the tidings how olaf tryggesson was come into the mouth of the firth and had slain erland his son then went the earl into the hole and cark with him and Thor did it over with wood and strawed over it at mould and muck and drave the swine thereover and this swine sty was under a certain big stone chapter fifty four the death of erland olaf Tryggvason stood in up the mouth of the firth with five longships and there rowed out to meet him erland the son of earl hakon with three ships but as the ships drew nigh one to the other erland misdoubted him that this would be war and turned about toward the land but when king olaf saw the longships come rowing down the firth to meet him he thought that earl hakon would be going there and bade row after them in all haste but when erland and his folk were come to the land they ran the ships aground and leaped overboard straightway and made for the shore then drave thither olaf's ships and olaf saw a man striking out for shore who was exceeding fair so he caught up the tiller and cast it at that man and it smote the head of erland the earl's son and beat out his brains and there erland lost his life olaf and his folk slew many men some fled away some they laid hands on and took to peace from whom they heard the tidings so it was told to olaf that the bonders had driven earl hakon away and that he was fleeing before them and that all his folk were scattered chapter fifty five the death of earl hakon therewithal came the bonders to meet olaf and either side were fain of other and they fall straightway into good friendship so the bonders take him to be king over them and all with one accord go about to seek for earl hakon and so fare up into gall deeming it most like that the earl will be at Rimmel, if it any habited stead he be because thora was his dearest friend of all the dale folk so thither fare they and seek the earl within and without and find him not then held olaf a house thing out in the garth and himself stood up on that same big stone that was beside the swine sty there spake olaf to his men and some deal of his speaking was that he would with wealth and worth further him who should bring earl hakon to harm now this talk heard the earl and kark and they had a light there with them and the earl said why art thou so pale or whiles as black as earth is it not so that thou wilt bewray me nay said kark, we were born both on one and the same night said the earl nor shall we be far apart in our deaths then feared king olaf away as the eve came on but in the night the earl kept himself waking but kark slept and went on evilly in his sleep then the earl waked him and asked what he dreamed and he said i was e'en now at ladir and king olaf laid a gold necklace on the neck of me the earl answered a blood-red necklace shall olaf do about thy neck whenso ye meet see thou to it but from me shalt thou have but good even as hath been aforetime so betray me not so thereafter they both waked as men waking one over the other but against the daybreak the earl fell asleep and speedily his sleep waxed troubled till to such a pitch it came that he drew under him his heels and his head as if he would rise up and cried out high and awfully then waxed Kark a drad and full of horror and gripped a big knife from out his belt and thrust it through the earl's throat and sheared it right out. That was the bane of Earl Hakon. Then Kark cut the head from the earl and ran away thence with it. And he came the next day to Ladir and brought the earl's head to King Olaf and told him all these things that had befallen in the goings of him and Earl Hakon, even as is here written then let king olaf lead him away thence and smite the head from him chapter fifty six the stoning of earl hakon's head then fared king olaf and a many of the bonders with him out to nidholm and had with him the heads of earl hakon and kark now this home was kept in those days for the slaying of thieves and evil men and a gallows stood there and so thereto the king let be borne the head of earl hakon and of kark withal then thereto went the whole host of them and set up a whooping and stoned the heads crying out that there they fared meetly together rascal by rascal then they let fare up into galdale and take the corpse of him and drag it away and now so great was the might of that enmity of the thrandheimers against earl hakon that no man durst name him otherwise than the evil earl and for long after was this name laid on him yet sooth to save earl hakon for many things was he worthy to be lord first for the great stock he was come of and then also for the wisdom and insight wherewith he dealt with his dominion for his high-hearted battle and his good hap withal for the winning of victory and slaying of his foemen and thus saith thorleif Redfelson of no earl ever heard we neath the moon's highway hakon more famed than thou rand's fight stem gat fame from out the battle nine mighty chiefs to odin thou sentest eats the raven the gotten corpses therefore mightst thou be king wide landed most bountiful also was earl hakon but most evil hap had such a lord in his death-day and this brought it most about that so it was that the day was come when foredoomed was blood-offering and the men of blood-offerings and the holy faith come in their stead and the true worship chapter fifty seven olaf tryggvason taketh the kingdom in norway now was olaf tryggvason taken for king at a thing of all the people in thrandheim over the land even as harald hairfair had held it there rose up all the people thronging and would hear naught else but that olaf tryggvason should be king then king olaf fared through all the land and laid it under him and all men of norway turned to his obedience yea all the lords of the uplands or the wick who had aforetime held their lands of the dane king these became king olaf's men and held their lands of him in such wise he fared through the land the first winter and the summer after earl eric son and svein his brother and others friends and kin of theirs fled the land and went east to sweden to king olaf the swede and had good welcome of him as saith thord kolbienson short while o scathe wolves scatterer war ere the land folks treason ended the life of hakon weird wendeth things a many when the host feared from the west land methinks the son of tryggvi came to the land that erewhile the staff of swordfields conquered and again more in his heart had eric against the great wealth waster than spoken word laid open as from him might be looked for the wrathful earl of thrandheim sought reed of the king of sweden therefrom was no man running but stiff neck grew the Thrandfolk chapter fifty eight the wedding of Loden. there was one named Loden, a wealthy man of the wick and of good kin he was oft on cheaping voyages though whiles he went a-warring now on a summer Loden was on a cheaping voyage aboard a ship which he owned himself and had plenteous merchandise therein he made for estland and was busied with his chaffer through the summer now amidst the market there were brought thither many kind of wares and many thralls were brought for sale so there saw Loden a certain woman who had been sold for a thrall and as he beheld her he knew that she was astrid eric's daughter who had been wedded to king tryggvi olafson howsoever she were unlike what he had seen her aforetime being pale now and lean and ill-clad so he went up to her and asked her how it fared with her she said it is a heavy tale to tell i am sold at thrall cheapings and am brought hither to be sold then they gat known to each other, and Astrid knew Loden, and prayed him therewith to buy her and have her home with him to her kin. "I will give thee a choice over that," said he. "I will bring thee back to Norway if thou wilt wed me." now whereas astrid was hard bestead and that she knew withal that lodin was a doughty man and of good kin she promised him so much for her freeing so lodin bought astrid and brought her to norway and wedded her with her kindred's good will and their children were thorkel nephia ingirid and ingigerd but the daughters of astrid by king tryggvi were ingi Bjorg and astrid the sons of eric Beodaskali were sigurd karlshead and Thorkel Idril, these were all noble men and wealthy, and had manners in the East Country. Two brethren who dwelt east in the Wick, one named Thorgeir and the other Herning, wealthy men and of good kin, wedded the daughters of Astrid and Loden, Ingirld to wit and Ingigerd. Chapter fifty-nine: King Olaf christeneth the Wick king harald gormson the dane king when he took christening sent bidding over all his realm that all men should let themselves be christened and turn to the right thro- troth. he himself followed on the heels of that bidding and used might and mishandling if otherwise men yielded not he sent two earls into norway with a great host Urgu Thriat and brimilskiar by name in order to bid christening there and folk yielded readily enough in the wick where had been Harald's rule and there were christened many folk of the land but after the death of Harald's Fine Twybeard, beard his son gat speedily into wars in saxland and friesland and at last in england then those men in norway who had taken christening turned back again to blood-offering as they had done afore and after the fashion of them of the north country but when olaf tryggvison was become king in norway he abode a long while of summer in the wick many of his kin came to him there and some who were allied to him and many there were who had been great friends of his father and there was he welcomed with very great love so then olaf called to speech with him his mother's brethren lodin his stepfather and the sons-in-law of him thorgeir and herning then he laid this matter most earnestly before them craving that they should undertake it with him and afterwards back it with all their might to wit that he will have the christian faith set forth throughout all his realm he saith that he will bring about the christening of all norway or die else but i will make you all great men and mighty because i trust in you best of all for kinship's sake and other ties so they all accorded to this to do whatso he bade them and to follow him herein whither he would and all those men who would do after their reed so straightway king olaf lay bare before all the people that he would bid all men throughout his realm be christened they first assented to these commands who had afore pledged themselves who were all the mightiest of those men who dwelt thereabout and all others did according to their example so then east in the wick were all men christened then fared the king into the north parts of the wick and bade all men take christening but those who gainsaid said him he mishandled sorely some he slew some he maimed some he drave away from the land so it came to pass that all through the realm of tryggvi his father and the realm that harald the greenlander his kinsman, had held folk gave themselves up to be christened according to the bidding of king olaf and that summer and the winter after was all the wick christened chapter sixty of the hordlanders early in springtide was olaf stirring in the wick with a great host and so fared north into ogdir and wheresoever he came he called a thing of the bonders and bade all men be christened so men come under the faith of christ for there was none of the bonders might rise up against the king and the folk were christened wheresoever he came men there were in hordland many and noble come of the kin of horda he had had four sons first thorleif the sage then ogmund father of thorolf skialg who was the father of erling of soli thirdly thord the father of klip the hersir who slew sigurd slaver the son of gunnhild fourthly olmod the father of askel the father of aslak pate of fitiar and this stock was the most and the noblest of hordland now when these kinsmen heard of these troublous tidings how the king was coming from the east along the land with a great host and was bringing to naught the ancient laws of the people and that all who gainsaid him must abide penalties and torments then gathered these kinsmen together among themselves that they might look to it for they wotted well that the king would soon be upon them so it seemed good to them to meet all together well accompanied at the Gula Thing and have there a summoning to meet king olaf tryggvason end of the story of olaf Tryggvason, part six chapter fifty one through sixty